Hey guys, this is Pepper, and you're listening to Clustered. So this week we're talking about death. I think death is a really easy topic, not of conversation, but uh, to think of and talk to yourself about. Uh, at least for me, because I don't have that existential crisis of like, one day we're gonna die. Because like, here's the thing. One day, we all are going to die. Be it today, tomorrow, 7,000 years from now. Because, you know, with medical technology at this point. Um, could be. But we're all going to die. That's inevitable. But that's not really the conversation today. I'm not talking about... Uh, I mean, I might talk about the afterlife a little bit. But mostly, we're going to be talking about uh, my first experiences with death. Uh, experiences I've had where I've been close to death. Things like that. So, before I overdramatically talk about the first time I almost died, I'm going to talk about the first interaction with death I've ever had. When I was four or five, my paternal grandmother died. And I was pretty little at the time, so it wasn't as big of a deal for me or as impactful as when I was older and a death happened. It was the first death I ever experienced, and I think it might have hit me a little harder if I had been older, or if I had known my grandmother better. But because I was only four or five, I didn't know her very well, and I have very vague memories of her. Um, I think I only have one or two. Uh, But her funeral, I remember very vividly. So let's go through that real quick. Uh, The funeral took place at uh, the church my father, I guess, had grown up with and went to. And it was the ceremony I don't remember, but the viewing where you walk up and you see the body and everything, which, by the way, just going to share now, I'm a big wuss. I was a big wuss. I've always been one. I don't like dead bodies. They creep me out a lot. So walking up to see this dead body of my grandmother was not on my list of priorities. However, um, my family is one of those families, I guess, where they find that to be really, really respectful. So they wanted me to. So I said I would. So I walked up and I remember knowing she was dead and not being confused by any means that but knowing that she was dead and um i remember asking my mom where she might be like afterlife wise and uh my mother my father obviously like i said it was a church so obviously they said heaven and all that but Gotta tell you, dead bodies, they are creepy things. But that was the first time, and, uh, you know, obviously it was very sad, and people were crying, and I still remember the crying, and still to this day, I hate when adults cry. All adults. I hate crying. It creeps me out, almost. Like, I just don't... It's really odd. I just don't have that comfort 
part in my body that tells me to comfort an adult. I just don't. I just naturally don't. So let's talk about um, my brushes with death. Uh, the first time it happened, I was probably topically based, four or five. It happened when I was walking around my sister's friend's pool. My sister is only a few years older than me, and uh, I was there because when you're the younger sibling of a sister, you want to tag along, even though the older sister hates it. Um, so I was tagging along, and I was walking around the pool, like the perimeter of it, and right around the deep end, I don't remember if, like, the side of the pool was wet or what, but I remember I didn't step quite right, and my foot slipped, and I fell into the deep end. I remember being in the water and my hands trying to reach up and grab the side of the pool, but being too small to actually grab the top where the sidewalk concrete met the pool. So I couldn't pull myself up. So I just remember grabbing and grabbing. And I don't remember if I knew how to swim at this point. Logically, I would hope that if I'm by the pool walking around and I don't have floaties or anything on, I would hope that I could swim, but, you know, it was a time, early 90s, no, early 2000s, so, you know, I understand, they, they weren't thinking about the fact that I could fall in, or that I wouldn't know what I was doing when I fell in. But I was there, and I don't remember how long it took or how many times I re reached up for the side of the pool before uh, I was like, this is it, this is, I'm going to die. I'm going to drown because I can't pull myself up, and I must not have known how to swim. But I don't know, I'm, I could have also been very panicked, too panicked to think clearly enough to be like, swim because now in my head I remember where I was on the pool and probably within five feet of me was a ladder and then suddenly I was wrenched out of the water and saved turns out my friend my sister's friend's father had seen me and had rushed over and he grabbed me by my tiny little baby wrist and wrenched me out and I was saved. And that is where the memory ends there for me. I don't remember anything else about that. But it was... it was close. The second time I almost died was also related to water. <laughs> The second time I was swimming in a pool with my other siblings uh, at our neighbor's house and they had an inflatable mattress floating around the pool. 
And this is not like, you know, a big pool. This is like maybe 12 feet around, like 12 feet by 12, you know, not a square though. It's like a hexagon shape, you know, whatever. And they had like a inflatable mattress in that, that people would sit on and float around in. And, uh, my brothers were swimming underneath and then popping out the other side over and over again. All the neighbor kids were doing it. And so I was like, oh, I want to do it. Let me preference. My brothers are younger, but we're close enough in age that we're buddies. But so we're, they're doing it and I want to do it. So I go to swim underneath it and I go to swim and pop up the other side and I'm against the wall. So I'm like, oh crap. And I, I already don't have enough air. I can feel myself not having enough air. And I'm like, oh crap. So I swim back down and try to find my way to the other side. I can't. So I'm like, okay, I'll just pop it up. Because it's still an inflatable air mattress. They're not that heavy. So I go to the middle or what I think is the middle, and I try to push it up, and I can't. And then something tells me uh, to duck down. And I don't know why, but I listen. Uh, and while I duck down, I look up. And when I look up, I see the mattress kind of cave towards me and not hit me in the head. But definitely had I been still up and sitting where I was that would have definitely been on my head, and not gently either. So that wasn't good. So I stayed there for a minute, and then I tried to swim out, and I finally found my way out, and when I got out, I was just gasping for air because I just could not get out from under this mattress. The third time that I almost died, big spoilers here, also water-related. <laughs> the third time, uh, we were at a party, and I was swimming. It was at a significant other's house, and their family, because I was like 15, uh, was having a party. And there was swimming going on, because they had a pool in their backyard. And I was swimming along, and they were swimming around behind me, and then they grabbed my ankle and pulled me under. And I was so surprised by being pulled under that I uh, swallowed a bunch of water. And then, you know, consequently had to hack it all up which was not a great experience, and I actually ended up kicking them in the face, uh, but although it was a kick through water, so it wasn't that bad. They, they were fine. No injuries, but they, they did. They got kicked in the face. Uh, I haven't had a lot of deaths uh, throughout my life that I've experienced closely. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have this happen. You know, like your distant, distant, distant great uncle, twice removed on your grandmother's side that you barely talk to. 
dies. And, you know, your parents are like, oh, blah, 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 you don't even know their name, died. Um, And then your parent might go to the funeral because they have a familial obligation to go, but you don't know them, they never knew you. So that's kind of most of what happened in my life until I turned 10. When I was 10 years old, uh, my maternal grandmother died. So if you're keeping score traditionally, and my family is fairly traditional, uh, I'm down to no grandmothers at that point. My first grandmother died fairly quickly. It was sudden. It was not expected. My second grandmother died slowly. And it was painful to watch. It was painful because it was a misdiagnosed problem. They misdiagnosed it as something else, and then they found out it was cancer. And not only was it cancer, it was the kind of cancer that is really, really bad. The kind that generally most people have a hard time surviving. Um, I can't remember if it started as cervical cancer or some kind of ovarian cancer. All I know is it had to do with, you know, the reproductive organs of a woman. And they diagnosed it as IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome. And in the, uh, in the effect of misdiagnosing my grandmother, they effectively were why. She died because they didn't catch it soon enough and they couldn't intervene. I'm not blaming them by any means. Don't get me wrong. I'm not immature. I understand doctors only can make educated guesses as much as they have to know. They can't. They're not gods. They, I mean, I know Grey's Anatomy makes it seem that way sometimes, but they're not. So they can only make so many educated guesses based on their education. And I understand that it's not their fault that they were wrong. But they were wrong, and my grandmother died. And when she died, it was... It was a rough time. Honestly, talking about it is choking me up a little. And I'm embarrassed to admit that, but I feel like because this is clustered and we're talking about emotions and whatnot... In the death episode, I feel like it's okay for me to admit that it's hard to talk about this. Um, She held on for a while, and that was good. But in the end, she did die. I think she was, like, actually diagnosed with cancer in August and died in October. So it wasn't long. It was a very short time after knowing the actual diagnosis. And I remember when she died, and I remember where I was. It was, it was a fairly painful experience. It was much more of a strong pain as opposed to when my first grandmother died. Um... It was much less dealable. It didn't hit me at first, though. 
It honestly didn't hit me until I went to her funeral. And I'm going to be upfront with you guys now if this if this segment is short, it's because it's still painful. But uh her funeral I went to and the same thing happened that happened at the first grandmother's funeral is that my parents told me that I should look at the body. And I didn't want to. Because at this point, my fear of dead bodies had only gotten worse. So I didn't want to. But they told me to because they told... And also, there was a part of me that wanted to not see her that way. Wanted to remember her as a lively person. As opposed to what she was then, which was dead. And so they told me to look. I looked. And everything was fine. Until the service started. And then I just lost it. And I became one of those crying people. And I hated crying. Little secret about me. I hate crying in public. The worst thing someone can do to me is make me react to them in that way in public. Like, it's a non-friendable offense. Because it's embarrassing. It's the most embarrassing thing. And another secret is, the worst part about it is, not only do I cry when I'm really upset, I cry when I'm really mad, so it can be quite uh, embarrassing and revealing at the same time. But anyway, back to the topic. Uh, I started bawling, and it, it was the worst. I don't think I've ever... I think I've avoided a funeral ever since. I don't think I've gone to another one. I just, I hate them. And I hate them because that pain is memorable. Uh, but it, it didn't help. It kept coming back and I had a lot of trouble. I was raised in a household that believed in going to church. And after my grandmother's death, I struggled a lot with that. And I ended up actually, because of it, changing my faith because I just couldn't understand why someone would suffer so horribly who was so devout. She was so devout, as far as I know. You know, obviously I could have had rose-colored glasses about my grandmother because I only knew her till I was 10. So I don't know very much about her in that respect. But she seemed like a devout, loving person. So it's hard to believe that... She deserved such a horrible end. I think the worst part related to the death of my grandmother and related to the fact that she's dead is that when I try to think about simple things related to her, I can't remember them. I think the worst part is I literally can't remember her voice. And I know everybody knocks the fact that we live in this millennial age where cell phones are within reach and such easy reach and that everyone records everything and everything is documented. But I don't think a lot of under... I mean, I'm, I'm sure people understand, but I wish I had access to something like this when I was younger. Not even when she was dying, but when she was healthy 
so that I, I have pictures, but I don't have her voice and I don't remember it. And I don't think anyone has any access to anything that has her voice. So it's just gone. And it's so sad to me that her existence is just gone. And it pains me. And I can explain to you that, you know, I started this whole conversation and this whole thought process because I thought I didn't have a problem with that, but maybe I do because um, when my father calls me and leaves me a stupid message on my machine, I don't delete it. I keep it because I think about the fact that maybe he could die any time. Not that he's old by any means. He's not old. He's like middle-aged at best. And he could die, and I'll lose his voice forever. And I can't deal with that. It pains me so much. And um, it almost embarrasses me how much I use my phone as a millennial using my phone. I just do it all the time. And I record so much. And I'm so addicted to recording things and taking pictures of so many things. But maybe it's my coping mechanism and maybe the reason I thought I was okay with death is because I didn't think about the little thing I do, which is I record so much. I record interactions with people because voices are so often lost. I think it's best for my mental health that I stop this uh, episode here uh, and leave you with the idea that Clustered is a podcast and it is about the things that roll around in my head and literally while recording this episode I came to the realization that maybe perhaps I am not as content with death as I thought.